joint my mama burned was on the rural route She parked in old man Tater's woods so she wouldn't be found out Turned off her dome light, snuck off by herself Crouched down beneath that window, fired it up, gave it hell At that hangout my daddy used to hang around We watched it all go up and smoke until it all came down Just like that the taps and stools and tables got turned the only joint my mama ever burned I'll get sassy and bluegrass Come on We're just boys We like beer If you think that that sounds hazy Then Lord we'll make it clear We're like Blondell's Cider Stouts in the USA, we're just boys, we like beer, we're just boys, we like beer, Upstate Beer Boys. Welcome back to another episode of the Upstate Beer Boys. With me today, as always, is Wayne. You can find him on YouTube and Instagram and Twitter at Wayne's Beer Delivery. Also, Chase, our humble correspondent, that's our producer also, Nutmeg to Palmetto, check him out on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram, and uh, go check out his new merch, fancy little hats that he has, (laughs) and as always, myself, Southern Bling Beer Reviews, you can catch me on Instagram, and nicknamed Mayor for some reason. I don't know. You got more than one social. Well, I'm trying YouTube and TikTok, but we'll see how that works out. Today, we drove a little uh, north, more than we do normally. Normally, we're just in little old Greenville or area. So, got a little familiar face today and a new spot. We found ourselves in Gaffney, downtown. We're at a little place called Peach City Brewing with Aaron and Brittany. Welcome to the show and welcome back. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, thank you for coming by. Um, yeah, we've, been, we've been open here about six months and we're going along. <laughs> hey, I'm Brittany. I am the taproom manager slash people person around here. Um, I handle all the front of house stuff, and Aaron handles all of our brewing needs. He is our brewmaster and mastermind of all the things, building. All right, so like uh, Stephen said, we're in a new location. We've got a new face and a familiar face. So, Aaron, what brought you to Gaffney? I used to drive through here all the time because I worked up at another brewery up in Cornelius, and I come back and forth. And I was driving through town one day when 85 was closed down again. <laughs> and I saw this location, and the downtown is beautiful. It's like, something needs to be done in this town. We need to get something going again there. And so, yeah, I saw a place that had a nice outdoor space, and I, I thought, hey, this would be a really good place to put a brewery. Now, of course, we sat down with you once before your previous outfit known as Crafty Cats and down in Greenville. So what's the transition been like going between these two businesses? Um, it was... It was pretty straightforward. We started building this here, and then we decided we probably just need 
we should focus. And so we sold that location and got out of there. And so we've been putting all of our energy into this. And this has been more traditional. I, the downtown Greenville we, was a lot more stuff than I thought it would be. There's more than just making a brewery there. So we're back to just working on beer and getting stuff done, you know. And so I'm much more happy now, yeah. Brittany, how did Aaron rope you into getting involved in this um, uh, venture? I've been working with Aaron for about eight years. We started working together over at D9 um, back in 2015. I think it was 2015. Um, I started out just working events for him and then transitioned into tap room. Um, and I ended up moving away for a while. And then when I came back, he reached out to me and kind of told me his idea for this place. And it was perfect timing for us to start the build. All right. So, you know, beautiful downtown Gaffney. Most people don't know about it. It's a little bit off the highway and whatnot. So what do you, either of you know about the background of this particular building and location that you're in? Because it's it's got a nice indoor space. It's got a nice outdoor space. And I feel that there's a story here somewhere. I know it. Um, so <clears throat> this building was empty for about 12 years before we opened here. Um, there was actually a tree growing about where you're sitting. Um, <laughs> So they redid the roof for us before we started moving in, but it was Rob's jewelry store before that. Um, and Rob was very well known and well liked around town. I've had a lot of people tell me that they got their engagement rings here and lots of Christmas presents and this, that, and the third. Um, his wife still lives around here locally. But the there was another building in between here in the Capri that burned down. And that is what where our outdoor area is, was actually an alleyway until about two days before our grand open. When we put all the grass and tables out there and rolled out our other half of our tap room. <laughs> um, but no, it, it it is a beautiful downtown area and it just worked out perfectly for what we needed. Oh, and, and even before that, the building here before was the Gaffney Theater. That and It was here for a long time and then I think it eventually burned down and then they put this building here. Yeah, so that was a long time ago. And they built the theater right next door to you, huh? Yeah, I think that was built before the other one was done. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, the Capri, it's been here forever. And they're super nice over there. So, what's it been like getting used to kind of um, a sp going from a location that's in a sprawling kind of downtown area versus something that's a little more suburban, a little more oldy American, traditional kind of downtown feeling? What's that vibe been like? Actually, I think we hit our stride pretty good because, like, I grew up in small towns in Idaho and Oregon, and she grew up in Shelby, or <laughs> she she grew up small town too. So when we came here, it seemed it seemed normal. Actually, it wasn't it wasn't bad. I mean, uh, like, it, I just fit right in. So it's been going good. What well, what's it like being that you came in with Aaron to this place? What is it like getting used to running being part of a brewery in? this kind of setting in a kind of um, old-timey, traditional American type of downtown setting? It is way different than anything that we've done before. Um, coming from working in like the Cornelius area and the Charlotte area, it is a lot different. I think I've probably met half of the people in this town, um, which is considerably different than anywhere that I've ever actually lived before. My family is from Shelby, but I grew up right outside of Charlotte. Um, so it is super different, but it's really cool. Like everybody is very involved and everybody really cares about the town and its growth and, and trying to 
like just help us in general grow as a business and keep things moving forward for this um, for the city to succeed and grow and it's it's been really nice to see and to be a part of how's it go gentlemen sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name <laughs> all right we're not even halfway through this episode we need to cut chase off <laughs> All right, so Brittany, you talked a little bit about D9 and how you've known this man to my right for the last eight years. So tell our audience what got you involved from the beginning before you met him. What got you involved in wanting to be, or what made you want to be a part of a brewery or a bar scene? So um, on my 16th birthday, I walked into a bar and got a job. Um, <laughs> that was how I celebrated my 16th birthday. I got my first job as a hostess at Fox and the Hound. And just, I've always, I worked my way through college in bars and restaurants. I've always just kind of gravitated towards hospitality. Um, I despise retail. So this was more the, <laughs> the avenue that I enjoyed. Um, and then prior to starting working at D9, I actually was working at a chemical plant, um, doing, making, making different polymers, polyurethanes, plastics, um, up in Lincolnton. So this, it's actually very similar to the brew process as the chemical making process. Yeah. And so it, it really struck, you know, I love doing all of it and it, it just kind of pulled me in cause I was very interested in the brew process and all of the, like the quality control aspects back with like when we had Jeanette and look, I loved just being in her lab and doing that kind of stuff. So that's more what pulled me into it. But then working with good people like Aaron specifically, um, people make all the difference, especially in this industry. Aaron, we previously learned of your background from D9 and how you like to experiment with styles. With this new larger location, how have you been able to expand your brewing repertoire and really expand your footprint into the ever-growing South Carolina craft beer scene? Well, we've been focusing on those seltzers like the one you had before. <laughs> the the, the, the yeah. shot of whiskey? The shot of whiskey, yeah. No, so, so yeah, we, we make some unhealthy seltzers. Like, <laughs> we, make, we make a pretty strong base and we mix it with fruit juice. So, yeah, it's, it's not a low carb, it's just high flavor. So, but that's what we've been focusing on. Still focusing on those sours we did before. And just, yeah, just keep using what I learned and then trying to find new, new flavors for people ways to drink yeah Brittany does he ever let you play around with the brewing experience, uh, equipment um to an extent yeah normally it's a phone call of hey quick go turn off the co2 uh <laughs> but no we we are um getting more into it and I am getting a little bit more experience with it I think when we have expanded our brew house some more and have some more opportunity to get in there like whenever I hire a staff that I'll actually be able to get more into the brewing side of things and distro. Are there any recipes that have stayed with you from Crafty Cats to here, or has this been a completely fresh slate, all new beers, all new tap list? We actually have the Kentucky Common still because I love that beer. I think you had it before when you were there, but here she named it Rob's Jewel- Rob the Jewelry Store, <laughs> which is awesome. But we happen to be out because people drink that a lot. So we brought that over. Um, it just, I practice a lot with the seltzers there and so bringing the i don't know technology over here of what we were doing is what we brought over um i'm trying to think if there's any other beer no i think that's the only one we brought over directly yeah 
Funny, you catch me with a mouthful of food, and that's my question. Well, <laughs> pay attention to the script. Follow along. You knew you no, were up I, next. <laughs> I thought you were going to take longer because you typically take longer. He had one follow-up. <clears throat> All right, so ironically, I'm eating the food and come to my question that I always ask about the food. So to our audience that has never been here before, doesn't know anything about your menu. Tell us a little bit about what you have for food. Um, we have uh, thin crust pizza. It's uh, I don't know how to. It's yeah, it's thin crust pizza. We cook it. We have a amazing oven that we got back there that can fire it up and make it crispy. And uh, it's been good. We've been working with this pizza. We actually made this pizza at Crafty Cats. So <laughs> so it's the same pizza from there. But yeah, we people so far have been pretty excited about it. So, Brittany, tell our audience. Sorry, a little hot. Tell our audience which pizza I'm uh, that I ordered that you recommended, and then I'll talk a little bit about it. Yeah, so you actually got my favorite. This is the uh, brisket in blue. It is 16-hour smoked brisket with gorgonzola cheese on top of mozzarella and asiago with a marinara base and it's spring or sprinkled with um crispy onion straws like what you would put on a casserole it's hands down my favorite so i told Brittany when she was reading off the list i said you had me at brisket so immediately southern i ordered boy. that yep southern boy i ordered that and it's really good and the i was surprised i didn't know that it had the little crispy onions like you would see like on a casserole, like green bean casserole. So it took me back to Thanksgiving dinner just a couple days ago. But the flavors all come together. The cheese is not overpowering at all. And all the flavors blend good together. And it's just a really enjoyable pizza. Chase, you're uh, digging into it. What, what do you think about that one? The brisket has got... It's still very moist and tender, but it's got a nice almost crust to it from mm-hmm. probably being in the pizza oven. Um, and then the chips kind of add to that. Plus the crust has that super crispiness, which Aaron's right, this style did carry over from Crafty Cats, but it's also different styles because that was a lot of Brazilian styles, and these are a little bit more kind of Americanized styles sure. and toppings. Um so, I mean, when you had to decide what the uh, individual styles of pizzas were going to be, what, what was kind of the breakdown of what was just going to be a a la carte type of pizza, like here's the pie, pick your toppings, versus the ones that are staple specialty recipes. We started out pretty basic, um, you know, just offering what are the toppings we need to have. So, obviously, you got pepperoni, sausage, all the, like, your normal pizza stuff. And then just you can do a build your own or we were like, okay, well, you know, we'll do one that's like a Supreme. We'll do one that's a margarita because people love that. And just we'll do a Hawaiian because you have to argue about pineapple on pizza or no pineapple on pizza. I mean, it's just part of the process. And then the brisket one developed from uh, we do a special pizza of the week almost every week. So the brisket developed from um, the black and blue, which we originally did with just regular steak. And it went over really well, and so we found the the smoked brisket to do instead. 
Um, we've done a taco pizza. We've done a Thai chicken pizza. So we just we try and pick like one specialty kind of higher end thing to do per week, and then things like the the brisket and blue that just go over so well that they become staples of the menu. Now the one I picked out was a more of an a la carte special. I'm looking like okay, what what two things can I pick that are going to go really well together and I'm going to like? And I said mushroom and jalapeno. And Aaron actually said that's your go-to, but you had put one extra topping on. Uh, one extra topping on. So how com- what what's different about your go-to being something more a la carte versus one of these uh, recipes that were created as a staple? Well, I think we've. Uh, the menus evolved as we've been here. We actually didn't have pineapple or jalapenos when we started. <laughs> and so, like, we had mushrooms, but, yeah, mm-hmm. mushrooms and pepperoni always go together. But then once we had the jalapenos, I put jalapenos on everything. And so that's that's how come that works like that. <laughs> I don't know if we have a pizza that has jalapenos on it directly right now. But we just add them on for the taco pizza and stuff. Oh, yeah, I didn't want them. Put jalapenos on anything sounds very similar to a uh, Frank's Red Hot ad. <laughs> I put that beep on everything. You know, speaking of pizza, I don't know what's like why it's controversial about pineapple on pizza. I mean, you just put it on there and eat it. There's nothing controversial about it. Fruit doesn't go on pizza. Well, maybe not on yours, but on mine. <laughs> maybe not on yours, but on mine. I don't knock anybody about their pizza toppings. All right, so when I walked in and looked at the tap list, I saw some interesting names. And then just looking back through your history, there's some interesting names of, of different beers. You've got uh, obvious song references like Redneck Yacht Club, Watermelon Crawl. All country. you got other ones like Saints on Three, which means, I guess, someone's a – Saints football fan here somewhere? Um, the Limestone College. Actually. Oh, Limestone. Yeah. Oh. The Saints. Yep. Uh, and then some other interesting ones like Rob the Jewelry Store, Praise Hill, Praise Dale, Praise Pale, uh, whatnot. So, who is the creative mind behind naming the uh, beers and stuff? I do the beer names. I do the naming of the beers. Um, normally, I just drink them and. <laughs> Names come to me. That's the whole story. That's where babbling idiom came from. So that one in particular, did it? Was it uh, preceded by several pints of swill of choice? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, that one. That one in particular came from to blow a raspberry is in itself an idiom. So babbling idiom instead of babbling idiot. And actually, the first person who ordered one walked up to the board and said, I'll take a babbling whatever that word is. And it took everything in me <laughs> to not just die laughing. Because <laughs> it, was, it was everything I could have ever hoped to have happen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the question is, do you think the name first and then drink it, or you drink it and then figure out the name? Um, drink and then name. I have to see what kind of creations Aaron's come up with and go by kind of flavor profile and then find a name from there. Also, like, sometimes he turns things blue and red, and I just have to figure out what color it is first. So that's more so what you know went into the beer before it was poured, or what use get after it's on your palate? I think it's a mixture of both. Um, like, the, 
the one in particular, like we had one called This Fruit Does Not Exist because it was blue raspberry in flavor. Like a slushy. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about beer, talked about food, talked about names. So we were talking about earlier, and I'm not going to get into the the whole discussion about karaoke, but have you ever thought about doing karaoke? Why not? Bust one out right now. <laughs> no, I can't do it. <laughs> Have you ever thought about doing karaoke, or is there anything that you do at your brewery for special nights? My um, my number one brewery rule is we don't talk about karaoke. Um, <laughs> Fight but, club. <laughs> but uh, on Thursday nights, we do trivia from 7 to 9. We'll have different categories every week. Um, Seth Clark hosts it. He's awesome. And then we do prizes for the top two teams. And every sun, every Saturday from 7 to 10 p.m., we do live music. Um, on Wednesdays, I do we do a special for the faculty, staff, and, and coaches of Limestone University. Um, they have their meetings on Wednesdays. They get out about 5, so it's they like to come in here after they have their meetings. And we do a little bit of a drink discount for them and just kind of a thanks for being You're here. You're giving back to the community. Yeah. Monday night on Wednesdays too. We give we give five dollars off pizza. So yeah, we don't do beer ones because we figure they might be working. So we do a pizza discount. (laughs) (laughs) So probably. Now, one thing I saw on your events list, like on Thursdays, you have a homebrew exchange where you bring in a homebrew and you get a beer. Uh, What's the reception been like that? And have you come across any good homebrews that come across? Yeah, so uh, any Thursday, homebrewers can bring in a bottle of beer that they made at home and swap it for any draft beer that they'd like. Um, Aaron and I sit down and drink them and try them. If you request feedback, you will be given feedback. If you do not request feedback, you will not be given feedback. Um, But we have had a lot of really good ones, like surprisingly good homebrews. And I've got one one of the guys who comes in lives in Georgia now but is from Gaffney so I'll do whatever day of the week he happens to be in town I'll honor that special for him and he's brought me some amazing beers that you would have never guessed were brewed in a homebrew system how many do you want to like negotiate to keep the recipe and put it on tap versus how many get left on the cutting room floor and you're like thanks for bringing this in shuffle it off to the side (laughs) I don't think we've had any that were terrible so far They've all been very good. Yeah, I mean, there's what the South Carolina Home Brewers Guild or Guild. the Guild. Yeah, we've had um, one of the guys who runs that or is at least a member of that brought some of his beer in. It was phenomenal. I mean, I've 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 been very impressed with the home brews that have been brought in. I've had one um, attempt at a moonshine trade. Oh, <laughs> not quite what I meant, but it worked. <laughs> what what was your favorite homebrew that got brought up? It was the oh, it was the one that they don't have names, so it's hard to see what they were. <laughs> it wasn't the pumpkin cheesecake. No. Oh, yeah. It that one was really good though. Um, it was the same base. It was the it was like a chocolate vanilla. Uh, <clears throat> some kind of pepper it was the guy who's from Gaffney that lives Mm. in Georgia who makes phenomenal beer (laughs) well this afternoon I'm brewing a tropical bedrock okay which is a fruity pebbles and coconut cream ale Mm. and so 
we're brewing that at two o'clock. So I'll definitely, in a couple months, bring you some of it and let you give me honest feedback. feedback. <laughs> As the train rolls by, Aaron, what's your favorite homebrew that got brought in? That was the one she was talking about. He brought in two stouts, and one was the pumpkin, and then the other one was the one that was the best one. Yeah, the pumpkin one was good, but it's you know it's pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, the, the other one was like it was like a four-year bottle conditioned. Like he had had this beer for a while in his basement. It was, good. It was delightful. It was like fifteen percent alcohol. I think it was rum barrel wow. aged. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we've already talked about being here in downtown Gaffney, and if anyone's been through the upstate, you know, big giant peach on the interstate. Uh, Gaffney is known as the Peach City, which I would figure ties into your name. Um, the marketing aspect, your logo looks like it's a half hop, half peach. And I'm sitting here uh, before we got started and noticed the art on the wall with the peach tree, and then looks like there's all sorts of names around it. Um, so what is the story behind the peach tree you got here in the uh, tap room? And also if you can comment on the, uh, the logo, artwork, and anything else artistic around here. Yeah, so the, the peach tree is our founder's wall. Um, back about a year ago, we ran an investment campaign through a company called Mainvest. And we raised about $35,000 with the knowledge that we would be paying back our investors 1.6 times return. Um, so anybody who invested $1,000 or more got their name on the peach tree um, as just kind of our founder's wall in a way to say thank you for helping us get started. The art, artwork directly to the left of that is um, a friend of mine up in Asheville who does pyrographs and pyrographic art. So that's all um, fire and pin. And Aaron actually designed our logo. No, I was looking at it from Vanessa. She does our, she does the logos, and I'm hoping she'll help us with the label art. But she's amazing. She can, she's one of those artists. You say what you want, and like in a day, she has everything done for you. And you're like, wow, I never even thought of that. That worked really well. So yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, I think her, I think she's Ink Studios. I'll, I'll double check for that. But she's awesome. Speaking of peaches, if memory serves correctly, I remember you saying that the you did have to come up to Gaffney to get the peaches for the beer you used to brew down at Crafty Cats, so I'm assuming that's probably a much easier commute now <laughs> to get the peaches for this for these beers. Yeah, for our peach beers I go right next to the Yeller Mall. <laughs> They're right there. That's where I, that's where I used to buy them before. <laughs> so it's much closer. So yeah, we we actually had what did we do? We had the peachoid beer we made. We made a fifteen percent uh, peach so triple. It was amazing, yeah. It turned out really well. It went fast. 16. Yeah. A, a triple wow. IPA or a, a Belgian? <laughs> it was a uh, wit. Yeah. Yeah. The triple spelled wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was That's really because you good. were drunk when you <laughs> drunk off the beer. That, that happened, yeah. But, no, it turned out really well. We put it. I actually got peach cider for that one. We put in, it was probably 10% of it was peach cider. Wayne brought up the giant peach on the side of the highway, which the first time I drove down here, I don't know, remember whether it was like before I before I moved down here, or it was coming down here to visit, or <clears throat> or when I was in the process of moving down here and I was taking the the ride down to Simpsonville at the time, and I would the first time I saw the peach, 
I thought back to House of Cards, and I was like, oh my god, it, it exists! It exists! <laughs> so has anyone actually come, did anyone ever come in here and see that? And then Manfred's like, hey, it's that thing from uh, Congressman Underwood in House of Cards. People do that all the time. Um, there's also right down the street on College Drive is the one of the I, th- I believe it's the oldest cemetery cemetery in town. Um, but they've got two graves there from the recording of House of Cards that are separate from the real graves, but they re- they use them for filming. Yeah, yeah. People come in and they'll make jokes about it, and you're like, "What are they talking about?" They're, oh, well, that's a reference <laughs> to that show. <laughs> and so you have to try to figure out what they're talking about. But yeah, everybody knows it from the show. It's funny. There's actually two of them. There's one more in Georgia, right? Georgia. That's shorter. <laughs> so yeah, but so there's two of those peaches in the world. <laughs> right, I'm lost. I'm gonna have to go back and watch. I don't even know what you're talking about. It's in like the first three episodes of season one, so you don't have to go very far. <laughs> All right. So the last question I've got is, and we'll get to what we drank here in just a minute, but the glass that was poured in it definitely resembles a like a jelly or jam jar, it's which. Jar. That's uh, not the mason jars I'm used to, but uh, you know, it's very unique. Um, who gets the credit for picking the glass design, or is it just like a, one of those little happy accidents? It's actually both of us. Like one day I came in and said, "Hey, why don't we just get jars for everything?" And she said, "I was going to say that, but I thought you'd say no." <laughs> so yeah, it was kind of at the same time we realized it because we have some little ones that we sold the peach oil in because we needed an eight ounce pour glass. And so then we're like, this works really well. So we got a couple of different sizes now. Well, you are in the south, so it goes along with the design. And it doesn't hurt that they're stronger and cheaper than pint glasses. And yes, they are. They are just jelly jars. That is exactly what you're drinking out of. I've got a lid if you want to take it with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do have miniature growlers. Beers for the road. <laughs> miniature growlers as in you just... Put a lid on top of it. Mm-hmm. Put put it down in some hot water. Pop the lid. It's good. Just like can and jelly. So, glass. Do you do you offer flights as well, or just full pour pints? We do. We offer flights of four. Um, we've got one of our. It's his uh, company is called Moon Pie Creations, but one of our investors um, has his own little. I don't know. I guess it's a creations company. He does a lot of different things. But he um, built our flight boards for us and etched or wood burned in our logo in the middle of them. So they look awesome. A lot of, a lot of wood burning going on here. Yes. <laughs> um, of course, on the Upstate Beer Boys podcast, we're always big on drink local and support local. Um, so each of you already touched on this a little bit. So maybe expound on either what you brought up before or something else that you want to bring up. What's Peach City Brewery's local ties to the community as far as fundraisers, charities are important that you've helped uh, foster, or local artists and musicians that you invite to come in to sell up their product and that sort of thing? So we do, uh, we try and do a lot of work with the local community. Um, over the month of October, we did a funder, we helped with a fundraiser for St. Jude's. Um, they ended up, it was a national, nationwide campaign, and they ended up raising over $200,000 for the kids of St. Jude's. Um, last week, we ran a Cherokee County Meals on Wheels fundraiser. We ended up raising about $260 for the local Meals on Wheels 
um, which they don't have any federal funding, so they rely completely on donations and local help. We are doing a coat drive for the Ukraine. Um, coats, hats, gloves, anything warm, bring them, and we're getting them shipped over there to keep people warm. We did. We hosted the Judd's Legacy 5K um, at the beginning of October, which is it's a fundraiser that raises money and awareness for ICP research, which is an issue that can happen during pregnancy, and it can cause stillbirths. Um, it, one of the local families was personally affected by it and created the fundraiser to try and find a way to help other families not go through that. Um, so that fundraiser went really well. We had a craft fair um, back at the beginning of August. That wasn't. That was more just community involvement, trying to get everybody else out here and support local, support local, craft, support craft, kind of thing. Um, I feel like there's something else. Working with the city to try to do a New Year's event here. So, but still, still trying to work that out. But hopefully, we can get a big event going here for New Year's. Like a ball drop sort of yep. thing. Yeah, we're trying. Yep. Peach drop. Peach drop. Peach. Ah. <laughs> well, she's talking about moon pie earlier. They do a moon pie drop down in Georgia. Moon pie is making our peach. Nice. <laughs> moon pie is also a okay. local guy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at his Instagram right okay. now. Yeah, but I was talking about like the legit moon pie. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I do have to ask um, when you walk up to the front doors, you've got painted on the windows it looks like uh, sweaters and I feel that there's a little bit of a story behind that how does that tie into um, it may tie into uh, Chase's question for like uh, local stuff here I was just thinking you were gonna try to enter an ugly sweater competition <laughs> I may depending <laughs> so um, every year the Gap town of Gaffney does a Christmas parade the Christmas parade this year is December 2nd, um, and it goes right down this main stretch in front of our building. So the local college, actually, Carolyn Ford is who painted our founder's wall. She is also the one who painted our windows. Um, but the art department, each the kids will pick different windows, and they'll paint different scenes on them for the businesses downtown so that it's a pretty scene for the Christmas parade. Um, we did ugly. We asked her to do ugly sweaters because we have a private party um, coming up that's an ugly sweater party, and then we also have our uh, ugly sweater party. First annual um, is December 17th from 7 to 10 p.m. We're doing a contest that night. And if you notice the little chickens that have Christmas hats on, yeah. they're also on the front windows. So our she landlord. about that. <laughs> our landlord was um, the mayor of this town for 20 years, and. This is like Jolly Plaza. This is this whole little stretch of areas belongs to him. So I think since like second grade, his nickname has been Chicken Jolly. So we kind of that was our little ode to to Chicken was having her put the little chickens with the hats on out there, and he he really enjoyed it when he saw it. So it worked well. All right, uh, last remaining follow up I have before we get into our our next segment of what was in the glasses here. Uh, what do you see in the near-term and long-term future for Peach City Brewery? Whoever wants to answer that particular question. Um, right now, we're working on getting beer in the package. <laughs> That's all we're working on right now. So we got we finally settled in. We've been open like six months almost now. And so we're getting all caught up on that. Now we're just trying to figure out how to get some package. And, you know, it's a brewery, but it's small. <laughs> so it's kind of square dancing why I brew the whole time. So we're just trying to figure out how to rearrange the stuff so we can get get our candy line going and 
start getting some package out. So that's the next plan. Some, something you were previously not necessarily always able to do before. So now it's that is that kind of like a the seal of approval on the transition on the total transition up here. Yeah, yeah, we got the tap room going, and the tap rooms for advertising for a brewery to get your beer out, you know. And so now we need to get the beer out because we got the advertising going, you know. And so once we do that, I think it'll it'll start picking up a little bit better, and we can start selling cases to go, and we can get a lot more people coming on in here. So that's why I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got. 10 new taps to install, hopefully, before the beginning of the year. Um, we are hoping to find a little bit more space to expand our brew facility so that we can brew more um, often. It's hard to brew right in this small area when you have people in the tap room. Um, when we boil, there's a cloud that forms on the roof. <laughs> and you, yeah, we kind of have to open Ominous. all the doors. So and it's, it looks really cool, but it's it gets very humid in here. It's not really... I, I wouldn't call it an ideal drinking environment. Um, so we're just kind of working on finding a, a space and an ability to do that to expand so that we can hit distro, produce more beer, and get our name out there. All right. So, you know, we came in. It's our first visit here. Uh, we just got a pour. And um, so what's in my glass is the Oktoberfest, which... I'll be honest with you. Oh, looks like his name is Autumn Sauce. Um, for a even for a fest beer, it is um, it's very light. It's very effervescent. It might just be my brain, but it almost tastes like it has a little bit of a like a like a sweet tea or tea element to it. Uh, very nice. And then before that, we each got a little sample of. Um, Believe it or not, a ten percent sour. Say it. Say the whole, say the whole description of it a few times because it's. I'm still trying to get over the believability of what it was. Irish car bomb. <laughs> I don't think that was the name of it, um, but monster mash. A a Irish cream whiskey infused style seltzer, seltzer at ten percent. Straight Irish car bomb. <laughs> as well, Brittany asked if we liked Irish car bombs. Oh yeah. As, as, she warned us. As, as strange as it is, seeing a ten percent seltzer, seeing a ten percent seltzer that has that description. <laughs> That's all I've got, unless uh, Aaron or oh. Brittany wants to comment on that. On on, on autumn sauce. Autumn sauce or. No, I no, it's good. That's what it is. It's uh, Bailey's out of a boot. <laughs> so. All right. So your autumn sauce is that just a, a, a straight fest beer or? Yeah, it's a straight fest, straight fest beer. Yes. So there's no tea involved in it, man. No, no tea. We use uh, forget. We have a cookie malt we get from Viking that we put in there, and that one it has a cookie flavor to it, but on a light amount, it tastes a little bit more. I guess grainy herbal, I guess. But it turned out well, yeah. Yeah, it's... For a fest or a, a Oktoberfest beer, it's... I could drink this year-round. Yeah, one of my one of my favorite beers is the Warsteiner Dunkel. <laughs> it's, like, it's a lager, but it's dark and caramely. So that's... When I'm not drinking crazy beers, that's my go-to beer. But they only come out once per year, unfortunately. So. 
I can say that that uh, autumn sauce was, Wayne was nice enough to give me a little sip. Super light. Wayne, and it had like a malty mid-palate, but it was a lot lighter than a lot of other Marston's or Oktoberfest you're going to have. Yeah, it's it's honestly very similar to the Raise Hell, Praise Pale, um, which is my go-to beer when we have it. It's kind of taken its place since about mid-September, I guess. Um, but it, it's basically, it, flavor profile-wise, it is like a lighter version of our pale because our pale isn't, it's not hoppy. It's a way more malty, uh, very even-bodied. It's not like the, not like, a, a, not the pales that are basically an IPA, but kind of on the other end of that spectrum. Yeah, it's, a, it's actually the Quebec yeast, so it has no yeast flavor in it. So that's probably mm. what you're noticing. Actually, the Quebec could be giving you that tea flavor. Now that I think about it, yep, the Lutcher will do that. Mr. Maya, I walked in and you were already drinking something pretty hard and heavy. Yes, yeah, so I got here about 30 minutes prior to y'all. <clears throat> Again. Some, someone was ambitious. <laughs> no, I just didn't want to be late. Because I knew all the road construction and I actually missed my exit and sent y'all a message about it. So, as soon as I walked in... I was talking to everyone and saw that they had a German chocolate cake style. I didn't even pay attention to the 10%. And it's a four-letter word that starts with an F. And it's that four-letter word, 9 to 5. F a 9 to 5. Yep, F a 9 to 5. And Brittany made a little joke about the nine to five, and I don't even remember exactly how it went, because I don't want to put words in her mouth. But it was extremely funny. Oh, you asked me for you said you said I'll take a nine to five. I said podcasts sound way more fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we all have jobs, and we all that we all work normal jobs, but this is a way to to kind of unwind sometimes. The ironic thing is, none of our jobs are a nine to five. No, yeah. I work from home, but it's still nine to five. Well, okay. <laughs> well yeah, yeah. you should well, actually well, ask well. her where she got the name for that. <laughs> yeah, where did you get the name? Well, from? so yeah, so Wayne just asked, where did the inspiration or the name come from? This amazing, definitely like a German chocolate cake in liquid form. It has absolutely nothing to do with the day job. Um, <laughs> it is about what was it? Three days before grand open. We were in here, we hadn't even gotten the taps installed yet. We were scrambling and we were worried. And we were here from 9 a.m. until 5 a.m. Those taps got put in the wall at about 3.30 in the morning. Um, And we were walking out of here and the sun was coming up and we had finished everything we needed to do. And I looked at Aaron and I was like, man, people said they hate working a 9 to 5, but F a 9 to 5, talking about 9 a.m. till 5 a.m. Because that was no joke. (laughs) And you rolled with it, Aaron. You just let it let it roll. No, it's a good day. We was that we built the whole culture room that day, so it was a, it was a long day. <laughs> well, kudos to you, Aaron, for the recipe, and kudos to you, Brittany, for the name because it is a phenomenal beer. I'd love to drink more, but I wouldn't be able to drive. <laughs> I started off. I had to try this monster mash when I first came in, so I got a little sample of it because. I read the description and it broke my brain a little bit. This doesn't make any sense. And 
there's a lot of whiskey note and but it still kind of has somewhat of a creamy little mouthfeel in it so it the description of it 100% works and the effect of it is just a shot of whiskey <laughs> um, the other one I had was the Chronicle and I don't normally go for West Coast but I like to push my palate a little bit <laughs> I like to push my palate a little bit and try things that, you know, I don't necessarily think I'm going to like. And it's got a little bit of the pininess to it that you expect from West Coast, but it's very, very soft, a little subdued, but it's, it's got this, like, bright kind of hoppy punch to it. So, and I had to choose between. I had the sample of both IPAs, the Saints and this, and I was like, Maybe I'm surprising myself. I'm going to go with the West Coast. So why? what makes this West Coast different from the run-of-the-mill West Coast? Yeah, it's not quite as bitter. I think it's around 50 IBUs. Boys! <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot louder than I thought it was. Go get them, boys! <laughs> no, they're across the street. The police across the street. The railroad's yeah. across the street. <laughs> but, no, it's about 50 IBU, and it's just it's dry-hopped, and it's Simcoe, uh, um and Strata and Centennial. And the Strata is supposed to taste, I've been using it, but when I got it, what they told me was going to taste, it was going to taste very dank, but I find out it comes out very lemony. So, yeah. It does. I noticed that 100%. It has a very lemony mouthfeel and makes 100% sense it's dry hop because that's, I'm guessing that's probably what makes it a little lighter. And I want to pat myself on the shoulder a little bit because I drank it. Something, for whatever reason, in my head screamed Strata. So when you just said Strata, I'm like, yes, I got it right. <laughs> That's awesome because I'd never used Strata before I had a beer with Strata. So it tastes like it should, then we don't have the wrong Strata. That's for sure. <laughs> no, I bought a bunch in the beginning. But, no, it's really good. It was supposed to be weedy. <laughs> it's very refreshing, and the lemon does come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I could taste the Strata, but she gave me a little heads up because... She told me it had the strata hops in it from the beginning. As far as people coming in who may already be a West Coast fan, what's their reaction when you pour it for them? Are they, do they think like, oh yeah, it stands up? It's like, oh, this is good, but it's different. Wasn't what I was expecting. Um, to be determined, I think we just released this beer uh, yesterday. Fr- wait, what's today? We released this beer on, <laughs> yeah, yesterday. It was yesterday because Wednesday was, yeah, Thursday we were closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess kind of to be determined, our, like the Saints on 3 is a much lighter, um, it's not lightly hopped, but it comes across as lightly hopped to some people because it's not super bitter. Um, so this one I think is a nice little step above that as far as getting that bitter hop down because I know like a lot of people just like that bitter hops in your face. And we did one that was like that. We did the Act and Single Drink and Double, which was an eight, an eight and a half percent double IPA um, that was more of that bitter in your face hop but I don't know we we kind of stick to the more like flavorful good even profiles instead of trying to make things so bitter you won't taste anything else today that's right (laughs) traditional west coast yeah all right so you know we dabble in beer so we have different palates and we drink different things we're not afraid to experiment three of us but you're here in downtown gaffney so um what do you offer someone that walks in the door and says uh hey you got any bud light or miller light or 
a light beer. Ooh. How do you how do you approach in this market getting them to drink the more fun styles? So um, we have done a couple of lighter ones. We had a peach lager that was the pick and peaches um, that went over really well. We did a lot of the the one that we just recently ran out of was the wheat fields which was like basically our lightest if you you know i drink bud light i drink mick ultra kind of you'll like this beer um we did one towards the beginning that was a pilsner and i named it what's the lightest thing you've got <laughs> because it was about two or three months into being open here and that was the question i got every single day so i just named the beer that and i put and i when people would come in they'd be like what's the lightest thing you've got and i would point at the board and they would laugh and i would laugh and it would be fine <laughs> and then they would have a beer that they liked and it worked out perfectly um, we need to make that again but we right now the lightest thing that i have is that oktoberfest um, that being said a lot of the bud light mick ultra drinkers really like our seltzers cuz they drink more like um, fruity mixed drinks the the redneck yacht club gets compared to sonic's cherry limeade all the time um, and they're kind of dangerous because the at minimum they're seven and a half percent alcohol. Yeah, and they do they just they don't taste like they have out. Well, with the exception of the Monster Mash, they typically don't taste like alcohol. That's liquor. <laughs> Think about that TikTok. That's liquor. That's liquor. What goes in it? That a, a lifetime macro drinker liking a seltzer. It's kind of like. Pfft. <laughs> well, I think people all drink mixed drinks, though. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah. So once they try it, they're like, this ain't beer. Oh, this is good. <laughs> so it works out really well. Yeah, but when you think about seltzer, like I was talking to Brittany earlier, I think about a seltzer as in like a White Claw or a Truly that has that after bitter taste. Change your definition, sir. Well, it, it, what? It, those are those are those are approachable drinks. Like someone might not come in and want a West Coast no, no, IPA, no, but they'll, about, they'll, they'll they'll dabble for a seltzer in a minute, you know. No, but I'm just I'm just talking about the 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 conversation Brittany and I had about normally seltzers taste like that acetane at the, the end, mm-hmm. that horrible taste bitterness at the end, but their seltzers do not have that taste. And that's why I brought that up, that it's just a different seltzer altogether. You don't think you're drinking a seltzer. Any methodology on that since he brought it up? Yeah, the, it's the way we make it. We make, a, we make a 20% seltzer base, and then we mix it half and half with fruit juice. <laughs> and so it's basically, it is a cocktail almost. Uh, on the other ones, there is no flavor. You're just getting the carbonic acid at the end. So the only flavoring is carbonation in those things. <laughs> yeah. So, what's the clientele's reaction to trying one and expecting what Bling offered up is what people expect from from a seltzer versus what you offer? And that that's the typical reaction when I people are, I don't drink seltzers. I'm like I don't either, but our seltzers drink like mixed drinks, and so that's kind of my way of getting people to at least taste them. And then once they try them, they're like, "Oh, this is a seltzer." I'm like, "See, like, no. we can," and then we go from there. Um, but it like and there sometimes people are just like no I don't like seltzers and you, you just got to move on to the next because it's like okay well then we'll try something else <laughs> you don't you're not you don't want to try it that's fine like don't kill me all right so out of curiosity what did you two pour for yourselves as we sat down here and talked about all things Peach City I had the new IPA <laughs> so yeah that was obvious uh, the, the Chronicle the Chronicle, Chronicle. 
And I think she, what, do you have the sour? Yeah, I'm drinking the babbling idiom, the raspberry sour. This one's 6%, the Chronicle's 8%. All right, so at this point, you know, this is the point where we give our guests the final word. So I know we've talked quite a few different things, but the floor is either open for you, Aaron, or Brittany. Talk about anything on your mind, pump up anything coming up soon, uh, just whatever you have on your mind about uh, your location here. We can both have the final word, but who wants to go first? Whoever wants to go first. You can go first. (laughs) All right, I'll do activities, you do beer. Um, we've got a the ugly sweater contest coming or the ugly sweater party coming up on December seventeenth. Um, the unexpected are performing from seven to ten that night. They're an awesome local group out of Spartanburg. We try and keep all of our music fairly local, uh, between like Charlotte and Greenville for the most part. Um, we've got an awesome New Year's Eve party that's coming up that we're in the midst of planning, but we're going to invite the other downtown businesses to come set up if they'd like to. Um, we're doing a peach drop ball drop, so um, Moon Pie Creations is working on getting that ready for us. Um, one of the local guys, Darren Mason, has a lull that he's going to let us use, slash help us use, um, to lower the ball at midnight. We're going to do champagne toast. We'll have a DJ from 8.30 to 12.30. Um, obviously, our food, we're going to, I'm trying to get the funnel cake truck out here and the local taco truck out here, so I'm hoping it turns into... A very nice little block party. The ball actually physically be a giant peach. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Um, on the beer front, we have we're going to be putting in ten more taps. Um, strange enough, we've had a couple requests for the Christmas parties for stuff that everybody can drink. So we're going to have an NA IPA coming out and an NA stout coming out very soon. Um, and then our Christmas beer, we have a chocolate cordial chocolate cherry cordial coming out that we're going to be bottling that'll be out next week mm. <laughs> so i love new grass's version mm-hmm. of the chocolate cherry cordial but it's a sour the blood ceremony yeah, yeah. and they just released some more in distribution so, so, now, some so now you want to compare it to the stout or you're going to have here at peach city Yes, I do. <laughs> you, you had me at chocolate cherry cordial. <laughs> that sounds like his reaction about 45 minutes ago. Yes. Oh, my God. About the brisket. <laughs> well, you know, we could go on and on and on. We probably will after we stop recording. But uh, we have hit the end of this episode. So, Brittany, Aaron, thank you for your hospitality. Thank you for having us. Thank you for pouring us these awesome beers and making those awesome pizzas um we would like to thank our sponsors we have upstate realty and promotion graphics for on-site banner that we use when we come out I'd like to thank john sharkey and the greenville craft beer festival at floor field uh we've been there two years in a row and can't wait for 2023 i'd also like to thank uh laura and the best of sc uh, South Carolina Brewers Guild Fest in Columbia. Thanks for having us out. And we'd also like to thank uh, Eddie Whittingham and the Clock Tower Taproom and Billiards in downtown Simpsonville, or now official home away from home. And I uh, believe, did we thank Chris at the beginning? If not, we're going to... I forgot to thank our musical intro. The Melody Man, Mr. Chris Hitchcock. The Melody Man. Well, since you did that, then you can start off the familiar tune. 
Well, I think I hear that tune. We're well, just boys. Where, we can find, where can we find him? We can find him on um, all the music streaming platforms at Chris Hitchcock. That's Chris with a K. He's also active on Instagram. Find out where he's playing via his Instagram account. And he's always playing around in Charlotte. Every now and again he plays down in Greenville. In Columbia. In Columbia. What's that tune, boys? We're just boys. We like beer. If you think that's kind of hazy, Lord, let me make it clear. We're just boys. We're just boys. We like beer. We like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We like Blondells, IPAs, cider stouts from the USA. We're just boys. We like beer. We're just boys. We like beer. Should get-